Welcome to the What to Expect While Fostering and Adopting podcast show. If you're a foster mom on the journey to adoption, already adopted, or somewhere in the middle, trying to figure out how to navigate the foster care system, wanting to grow your family through adoption, trying to balance everything, or stuck in that space of all things unknown, you're in the right place. What if there was a way to fast track your knowledge, prepare you for the good and the hard, and somebody who could answer that long list of questions I know you have? Hi friend, I'm Christy Marie, biblical mindset coach, adoptive mom, and previous foster parent of 77 children. Yep, you heard that right, 77 kiddos. I'm your host, and my goal is to help make your journey a lot easier by sharing my best tools, techniques, and skills that helped me pivot from foster care to adoption, fully surrender, and trust the process. I'm about to bring some calm to the chaos and show you how to navigate through this journey with a whole lot of grace. So go grab your cup of coffee and let's jump in. So I've always been somebody who was really honest, really open, transparent. I was that mom who like overshared on social media. I was really struggling with some of my kiddos as a foster parent, as an adoptive mom. And so sometimes I would share some of the stories, not all the details, right? I didn't just mention the child's name all the time, but I would share the information of what I was going through. I had those people on my social media that would comment, you know, you really shouldn't be sharing your child's story. It gave me pause. And then I really thought about it and I thought, you know what, this is my story too. I'm in this story and I'm sharing how it's affected me. I'm sharing my take on it and what I'm going through as a mom. Now, I've also had people say, well, you're still oversharing. It's not, you know, right for you to be sharing these different stories because, you know, you need your child's permission. I know there's all different continuums in this area and I know that I will always meet people on both sides of this, right? But for me, the bigger vision that I had was I wanted to share my stories of what I've been through as the mom with my kiddos, because if it helped one foster or adoptive parent not feel alone for one moment, or to be able to make a better choice than I did in a certain situation, or to learn from what I've gone through, then it was worth it to me. It was worth it. You know, my daughters, um, they're not adults yet, but I have a very open relationship with them. And I've always shared with them, you know, do you mind if I post that on social media? And they kind of laugh and chuckle and say, well, mom, didn't you already do it? Like, I assume that you've shared half of our life story on social media before. So I just assume that if it happened, that you're sharing it. And if it helps one mom or it helps one kid, then I'm okay with it. And there's sometimes that I almost want to record that, right? So like, I have proof that they said this. But that's where I wanted to share that little beginning with you before I dive into what I'm going to talk about today. I hope that uh, today's episode blesses you. So when we adopted our first daughter, we knew that we wanted to adopt a second daughter. We were almost done with that process with her. We were, or should I say we were in process of adoption. We knew we wanted another daughter and her caseworker at the time had another kiddo who needed a home. Yes, I begged and pleaded every which way from Sunday that she would place this child in our home. 
I didn't know anything about her, but I did know her age, that she was, you know, some characteristics that she told me about her. And it sounded like she would be the perfect sister for however long to our daughter that we were adopting. So it was such a blessing that that was able to happen. I will tell you guys, it was probably about three months after we um, got her, her in our home as our foster placement that I needed to take her pictures because her caseworker was going to be putting her up on the adoption website. And you guys, she was adorable. She had blonde hair, blue eyes, pale skin. She was just absolutely beautiful. I knew that there would be a lot of quests for information, a lot of applications that would be put in for her because she really didn't have any behaviors. We would take her to therapy, play therapy at the time. She was perfect. Like literally there was nothing wrong with her at all. I did know she had a complicated history, but she was wonderful. And so um, I took her pictures her pictures turned out amazing, thankfully, and they posted her posting up on the adoption website. You guys, within 30 days, they had to close the application process because they had over 100 applications for her. I had no idea that she would get that many applications, but it was a lot. What's crazy, what I learned in that process was that private adoption agencies and state adoption agencies all go to the same database for children, which is crazy. Like I thought, okay, if you go through foster care and adoption, it's free to adopt. They don't charge you anything and you can work with a child welfare um, adoption worker and they can submit your application for adoptive children, children that are available for adoption. You can also go to a private agency and we had looked at those two that's not the path we ended up taking. But what I learned later on is that those private adoption agencies also go to the foster care world for children who are available for adoption, and then they submit their family's applications. So crazy, right? So all of these different families, over 100 families submitted for our daughter, we they ended up choosing three families that would go to committee. And I've shared a little bit of this story before. But what I wanted to talk to you about today was once we adopted her, like prior to all of that, she was amazing, wonderful. There were no issues, no red flags, nothing that came up. We knew her genetic history. We knew, well, we knew what was told to us. She has no contact with her birth family. We don't have any records other than her birth history. So we really don't know any medical history other than what we were told. And we started noticing things. We, certain things started coming up. And so we tried different counselors, different therapists. Um, we did a psyche eval. You name it, we did it. She was in public school. Then we moved her to private school. And then she was getting in trouble for behaviors in private school. So we moved her to a charter school. So we, you guys, we tried everything. We did homeschooling for a while. We were trying to figure out how it was that we could help meet her needs. Then we got a tough diagnosis. Um, something that I've talked about in previous episodes, there really is no medic medical cure for it. There's medication management. There's no, no cure is what they've said. It's interesting because as I was thinking about this, when I would originally share, like on social media, I was trying to become an advocate per se for this group of parents with children with this diagnosis. 
because it's lonely and it's isolating and it's hard to navigate because the amount of therapists and counselors available is very minimal. Like maybe one in a state, like so minimal. People who understand this diagnosis and know how to therapeutically help these children is so minimal. I was really wanting to share and advocate and try and help bring light. My big vision was that this diagnosis would end up being as well known as like ADHD or anxiety because I knew at one point ADHD was not well known, right? And so there were not a lot of supports in the school system or therapies or treatments. So that was just my big vision is that someday this diagnosis would be so well known. And that's where I got to put a lot of pushback on social media of how could you possibly share this? And I would always respond with, this is just part of her journey. And I know with certainty that she will become a victor in this. Like I knew confidently that no matter what it took, we would figure out a way to help her find the healing and therapy needed so that she could begin to grow new brain pathways. That's the cool thing about the brain. And no matter what um, substances your child was exposed to in utero or environmentally, the brain has something called neuroplasticity and it can mold and change and grow new pathways. So I was really confident that we would eventually figure out how to find victory in this. So we literally hit this head on. We worked with every single person that we possibly could that was experienced or knew anything about this diagnosis or just her behaviors. And then what was interesting is it took for us moving from one state, and I do feel like this was significant. We moved from Oregon to Nevada, and what was incredible was that both of our daughters were deeply struggling in Oregon. Once we moved to Nevada, it was like something shifted. And looking back hindsight 2020, I could see that sometimes, you know, like if you have a lot of trauma in kind of like one place, one city, one state, when you move somewhere else, it's like a fresh rebirth. It's like a new beginning. Also, there's different weather. So in Oregon, it was super cloudy and rainy a lot. And in Vegas, Nevada, it's sunny, warm, so you can be outside a lot more. So there was just a lot of differences just in the environment, right? And we are all a product of our environment in some ways. And so this was just another shift. Things had changed. They had gotten a little bit better, but we were still really struggling. So one of the um, typical things that you can find in foster or adoptive kiddos is that they can wear a mask. Let me give you an example of this. A mask is that your child acts a certain way in front of you, and then maybe in front of grandma or maybe in front of dad, they act a different way. Maybe in front of their teachers, they put on a different mask. A lot of times people will wear masks or these kiddos will wear masks to work through anxiety or depression or fear. You know, coming from a childhood of so much trauma, so much overwhelm, and so much brokenness, she had developed so many coping skills. And one of these coping skills was to wear a mask when she was at school and to become the perfect person, the perfect kiddo, the perfect friend, the moldable friend, the chameleon to her teachers, to her friends, 
there wasn't a person at school she didn't get along with. And if that person didn't work, then she would wear a different mask in front of somebody else. She basically did what she needed to do to get her needs met. Problem with this was that when she came home, she would put on her mask of being at home, which was not connecting to us. I'm just going to be really honest with you. As a mom, I was getting desperate because by the time she hit 16, I was so desperate for a solution because I just kept counting down the years in my head. Like, okay, once she turns 18 and she moves out, if we haven't helped her in this area, we haven't helped her with attachment, then literally us adopting her did not break any generational curses. It did not break anything generationally. She could just go on and repeat what her mom and her mom's mom and her mom's 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 did. All of that history wouldn't have stopped. And in order and for her to stop that, that would be so significant because that meant that stopped with her. But I also knew that I had no control in that, that I could help guide her, but truly her wanting healing, choosing healing was on her. When she was 16, uh, she was going back and forth. She was going to school. We ended up having some more struggles with school. I went to the school and um, tried to get, you know, educational support for her. And of course, they said she's perfect. She's wonderful. She doesn't need help because she was wearing one mask to them. And she wore a different mask at home. So I said, that's it. I've had enough. I realize that you're a freshman in high school and I don't want to disrupt everything in your life. But this is it. This is the end of the road. We are pulling you out of school and I'm going to homeschool you. You guys, I did not want to homeschool. I tried homeschooling for multiple years when the kids were younger. And I am not a good homeschooling mom. Like I just, you know, some people are just qualified for certain things and I'm just not qualified. But I made that decision that no matter what, her attachment to her dad and I and our family was the most important thing, more important than her grades, more important than anything else. Because when she turned 18 or 19 or whenever she chose to move out, whenever she was done with school, I wanted her to know that we loved her because she knew it. And I wanted her to have that attachment to us. So we pulled her out of school and you guys, it was rough. It was beyond rough. There were many outbursts, many angry days, many tears, many tantrums. Yes, at 16. For those of you with 16 year olds or teenagers, you know they can throw a tantrum very well. But it was, she wanted me to quit. She wanted me to get so tired and send her back to school. And I was in it. There was sending her back to school was not on the table. It was not an option because I knew this was it. These were the last two years that we had to break that generational curse, to heal her attachment. And I knew just as many years ago when I was sharing with others of her diagnoses, I knew she was going to be victorious in it. I didn't know how, but I trusted that God had a plan. And as I've learned more about brain science, I realized how possible it was. We pulled her out of school. We did the homeschooling. I am so excited. That's where, why there's been a gap in the podcasting because you guys, she finished her 10th grade homeschooling year last week. She finished it. It took her 14 months to finish a nine-month program, but she 
finished it and she passed. We signed her up for 11th grade. We just got all of her books back from the program. We use an accredited program called Abeka Homeschooling. It's accredited, so she gets a report card. She does testing. Her teachers in Florida grade all of her stuff. And you guys, I'm so proud of her. We started uh, counseling, and she sees a counselor every week, and I go with her. That was something that was really important for us is that we've done years and years of counseling and therapy where she would go in the room, and then she could, again, wear a mask in the room with the therapist, and there was no improvement made. So for this therapist, this counselor, we wanted, we looked for a very specific person who would allow my husband or I to be in the room with her, but she would be the client, but they would be working towards mutual goals and the mutual goal of attachment, because that is the most important thing that we care about. So you guys, I wanted to share this with you because healing happens not on our time, but on our kids' time. And is she fully healed? No, I don't think any of us ever reach a point where we're fully complete healed, right? Um, here on earth. But I did want to share this story because it has been a very long, many years of heartache, tears, struggles, a lot for another episode <laughs> on some of the things I personally went through. But I just hope that this encourages you and shows you that when you're willing to step in the gap, and for us, that was homeschooling, that was taking the risk of pulling her out and saying, I'm going to set aside whatever I need to, to help you heal at your speed. Amazing things can happen. Hey friend, I hope that you loved today's episode. I pray it blessed you and helped you see that you have a friend in your corner who truly understands what you're walking through. If so, would you share this episode with someone who's been praying for a breakthrough in their own journey? It would also bless me big time and help others to find this podcast if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also submit your questions, topics that you would like covered and find a community of like-minded mamas in my private Facebook group by searching what to expect while fostering and adopting on Facebook. See you next time.